The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Kia welcome along to The Real Pod Strappin'. We've got another series of the Batch franchise to pick over with a fine tooth comb. My name is Janie, I'm joined by Duncan Greve via Zoom. Hi Duncan. I noticed, uh, hi Jane, I, I noticed this kind of slightly glum note in your uh, in your intro there, like another series. I think normally it's like incredibly exciting. There's something about just smashing straight into this one that's uh, it's got a different feel. But but for all that, I am super excited just, just for the fact of having The Bachelor back, which is both exactly the same show, but quite different. And you only remember that when you start watching it. Yeah, totally. It's a completely different vibe, even though they literally picked up where they left off because they're filming at the um, the same house where Lexi gave out her final rose. Like, just rolled her out and rolled Moses in. But we'll get onto that in a minute. Let's just quickly go over a couple of things that have happened since we last talked to you guys, which was just a couple of nights ago after Lexi's final. Have you seen the Instagram videos, Duncan? I have not seen the inside of Instagram in eight months and... Uh... I don't miss it, but I'm but I want to be told. Tell me. Okay, I've been in the belly of the beast, and both Lexi and Hamish have posted these beautiful videos set to music, all shot on you know with Hamish's skills as a travel blogger, just like incredible shots of Lexi and Hamish together, shots of Lexi just being a total babe in a bikini, you know, wading through the waters. Incredible scenery. They've obviously been spending the summer together, which was like her ultimate goal, right? Well, I thought it was somewhat Jack, but okay, sure, well, sure. The, sec- the, the second prize that she deliberately chose, sure. It, it appears that Jack is not coming back, Duncan. I, I hate to say it. disagree, but that's fine. <laughs> there doesn't seem to be an after the final rose special on the cards, and uh, Hamish and Lexi are still together. And watching those videos, I feel much more comfortable that she made a choice that came from the heart. But I also, the cynic in me, can't help but wonder if maybe Lexi's quite keen to be an influencer. Because if you want to be an influencer, he's the guy to hook up with. He's already got like a 70 plus thousand strong following, which is like some five times what she has. And he's got the skills to make great content. I feel it's, it seems so alien to me. The idea of someone wanting to be an influencer in 2021, like it, it feels like a the, the, there's been so much coverage of just what hard, thankless, relatively low-paid work it is, where ultimately you are a 
you know, you're a gig economy worker for for Facebook and the money is not great. And, you know, 70,000, I mean, it's a lot, but it's also really kind of minor leagues uh, for, for the platform. She seems so smart that that surely there are better gigs for her and also just that the, I mean, the, obviously the influencer economy exists, it's going to continue to, but that if that was your aim, this is a really intense way to go about it. I think it's a great, I think it's a great way to grow, go about it. When you look at um, all the contestants that come out of the Batch US, like half of them go on to have very successful influencing careers. And that's just, that's not even the leads, that's, that's but, just the contestants. But that's but, a function of scale. Like that's a 75 times population. Like who, sure. who down here, Adam Matilda and Naz essentially already was. I can't, I'm struggling to think of too many who've really made it a, a full-time gig. Am I missing people? Let me just say that Lexi is, she works in brand management, doesn't she? Like she understands social media and Hamish is a great content creator. Like, you can't just have the drive and the knowledge of the platform. You also need someone to execute the great content. And maybe I'll stay away from the term influencer and pivot towards content creator. What about travel that somehow blogger? seems more... Ex- well, yeah, she could be She could be um, travel photos Kiwi gal. Tra- travel blogger? His, 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 his handle is travel photos Kiwi, which oh just sounds God. like a bot. It really does. And he also has... Slightly bottish vibes. <laughs> I always found travel blogger quite a, a lift. Not that that isn't a thing. It just doesn't seem to accurately describe what he does. And in some ways, it feels like it's deliberately stirring away from accurately describing him as like a sort of social media influencer. Uh, like blogger feels very like 2000s typing. This is, yeah. what, is what I think of. But um, well, look, I'm, I'm happy for them. And, uh, and I'm glad that we were wrong you know, about our, our misgivings. Well, I, I mean, I think I'm going to try and get you to watch those videos just for some closure at least. I think it will give you a sense of peace. Obviously, uh, my take that maybe Lexi wants to be a content creator is not a very nice one because <laughs> it questions her motives. But it's just the cynic in me and it's just to try and f- find a way to explain what was a, a truly bizarre conclusion to that season. But... Seeing how much time they've spent together and the affection they seem to have for each other uh, in these photos and videos, you know, I'm coming around to the idea. It does seem very strange that Hamish is clearly comfortable enough around cameras to have made it his life and to be constantly, to always be shooting. And yet Cruz and the whole concept of it just made him such a sort of shriveled wreck of a dude on camera to the point where they... they outcome was kind of <laughs> completely indecipherable. He's a lone wolf. He's not used to having other people interfere with being one with nature. He's just, just looking for his wolf yet, I guess. Anyway, that's done and dusted. Let's put that one away because now it is the season of Moses. A four-year hiatus since we had The Bachelor. Has it really been four years? Such a wild length of time. There's definitely been decades happen in those four years. Yeah, for sure. And it started, the whole season started the way that every good batch in New Zealand has to start, which is with a slow-mo of our lead walking through long grass, running their hands through and close up through the grass. <laughs> yes, that, that is mandatory. I, uh, 
I loved how scruffy Moses' hair was in these opening shots. Like it, he had a real kind of straight out of bed quality to him, which is uh, which really worked, you know, and, and felt very unaffected. It's a rigorous shooting schedule. We know that Lexi's entire season was shot in five weeks or something, which is just super quick turnaround. Like essentially, the length, the amount of time that that show was on TV was the amount of time that she actually had to find her summer travel companion. With Moses, like I mentioned at the top of the show, they just picked up where Lexi left off. They're at the same house. They whipped out a roll of red carpet from the Suzuki Swift because there was no candles, no kind of like magnificence about the setting in terms of the red carpet arrivals. It's just like, oh, it's 4pm. Let's just start getting some girls in evening gowns out of the car and roll them up to the sky. It's so true. It, I mean, it feels, and no doubt this was the case, basically. Is pure speculation on my part, but that they have made two seasons for the price of one mm-hmm. and got approximately a third to a half more television out of it than they would the, the previous time and also kind of probably roughly 70 to 80% more ambient publicity uh, out of it. Like it's, it's very, we're living in the decline of linear TV budgets, which is... Like, not not a particularly exciting thing to talk about when you're... Uh, oh, my God, it's not the fold. I know, I know, but it's it's, it's weird, because like, what you're talking about is so manifest. The fact of the, the swapping locations without making a bid out of it says we are saving money mm-hmm. everywhere. Moses felt, like, almost unproduced to the point where it was fine for him to just wander off into a bush and <laughs> leap out at the woman there and then not even admit to her that he was the bachelor and then just send her home. You know, like, she had no shot. That was... It was a wild, wild, wildly thin opening episode. <laughs> what is anyone directing this on set? It's, it feels like Moses and Art are directing this show. Totally, Moses and Art and a few people with cameras, and and that's kind of it. And I'm not saying that's without charm or that it doesn't feel kind of new and interesting, but it is. There is something very raw about it. I, I got to say though that my, the sort of highlight of the episode and the best I think we saw of Moses was him talking to his mum about oh my god being the first Samoan bachelor and her talking about you know getting outside the triangle like I it was, was just so cute dead over that and you realise like that is such a moment for um you know that this this season in fact both the, the last couple like in terms of a diversity of of casting and all the key roles. It's it's just, it's such a different thing to even where The Bachelor started in New Zealand and mm. to, to what reality TV has historically been, which is basically targeting the 70% Pākehā New Zealand kind. You know, like, that. it's just, they're just, they're trying for the first time. Yeah, they really are. And it's, um, and it's great to see. I loved Moses' time with his family, mostly because of what was being cooked on the barbecue, looked incredible. Just forget the Solomio thing, just show what dad can do on the barbecue and you're a catch. Also, his mum looked like his sister. She was just an amazing woman. She was. They, they were just so sweet. Uh, that that meeting New Zealand's parents through The Bachelor is just, it's not why anyone watches it, but it's a really nice little bonus. Okay, now also I have to talk about the bromance that is cooking between Art and Moses. Like, right from the word go, these two, uh, they found love already. Yeah. 
Um, when they had that awkward high five handshake thing, I think it's real cute that that was left in. Easily something that you could go, okay, we'll just take that again, but nah, leave that in. And then as as Art walked into the house, leaving Moses on his own, Moses just turns and looks wistfully as Art walks away and says, "Come back." <laughs> <laughs> the fact of them both being kind of veterans of the entertainment business does give this their relationship like an easy. Uh, familiarity, which which is which is really nice, but I also love the um, the, the competitiveness, like the, the yeah. inserting art into the uh, like armor um, race, and then having him just like brutally come back and win. You know, for, again, like that doesn't feel like something that is going to happen in uh, in any other bachelor. Like it's like we've, I think we've talked about this before. Like we've sort of like no one knows we're making this down here, and the QC is not early on, and it's it's quite delightful at times. I wonder if the deal was struck on a napkin, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and someone woke up with a hangover with no recollection of what happened the night before, and that's how we ended up with the Bachelor franchise in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's meet our ladies. Um, Sabina or Sabi um, came out first with some chilies. Would you? Smash some chilies first thing on the red carpet if you were the bachelor. I mean, definitely, but you that's would. just my bad personality. I'm always up for doing something stupid, but I would profoundly regret it. Um, yeah, as, as Moses did. She had she came out holding a tray with two glasses of milk on there as well, and I'm I mean that must be one smooth suspension system in the Suzuki if she could <laughs> travel with that milk in those glasses. It could have been a bad luck, eh? Great self. Uh, you know what? Do not spill milk in a car. That's like one of life's worst experiences. Forget it. Sell the car. Torture car. Yeah, it's over. Nikki came in next. Now, you recognise Nikki? No? Did I? Do you? This is not her first reality TV stint, Duncan. Tell me more. I, there were, there, I, I was sort of, you know, it was the end of the first day one, a, a proper of lockdown, and I was kind of, I was watching, but I didn't feel like I had all my faculties. Tell me about Nikki. Okay, to be fair, um, I'm not sure you watched this season of The Block, but Nikki was on The Block in Meadowbank with Tiff. It was the Dills and Dills season, Sam and Emmett. They had, like, the, they just basically won every single challenge. They didn't win the final big prize, but their styling was, like, beyond so far ahead. And I love Nikki. I think she, like, I, I want Nikki to win this. I've met her through some, like, promotional block activities. She's, like, a lovely, lovely girl. She's very funny, uh, very charming and easygoing, and I'd like her to win. Feels like she's got a shot, for sure. And, and yeah. there is, it's not nothing to have done a season of reality TV. Like, it's a, it's no. a tremendous advantage in terms of just chilling you there, Fair. Also, she had that whole Rose Quartz thing going on, which she seemed to buy into quite a lot. That was amazing. Like, mm. what the odds of him also being into kind of kind of woo-woo, hippy-dippy <laughs> uh, love magic is long. And she just got, got it. I, I really felt that they did have a little bit of a connection on the carpet because I have to say, love Moses, but there was a lot of, it didn't feel like he really opened himself up to the women as they arrived in the same way that Lexi did on her red carpet felt a, a, a little bit more like he was performing a bit. Yeah. Which is nerves, right? Like, that's what that's what you default to when you're an entertainer. You default to what you know. But I did think that that barrier came down a little bit with Nikki. Uh, I, I totally agree. I mean, both of us should declare some kind of a conflict with Moses and that 
I followed Solimir around on tour and you, you worked with them uh, on label side, right? Yeah, um, I did their f- promoted their first album. So we both know him a little and and I think it's fair to say really, really like him as a person. Yeah. All that said, I I totally agree that there was there was there was definitely a sense of uh, yeah, of performances, right? He, he had a little bit of that Lucina-like quality of asking them some quite difficult questions, which were, mm. I think they came from a good place of, like, I'm just trying to get to know you. But they just happened to be, like, every single one, Nikki and I watching were just like, that's that's a, an absolute hellish question. You know, like, which seven people would you like to have dinner with? Go. What are your favourite films? <laughs> Go. Home and away, obviously, but um, <laughs> like there was just he 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 had the where where Lexi seemed to just put people at ease very naturally. He had the opposite effect of, mm. of putting them on edge, and I really hope that's something that producers get a handle on and mm. coach out of him, because uh, otherwise I think it, it's just going to be a difficult season because it felt like it was Moses Mackay, one third of Sole Mio meeting fans not that that's what it was none of them knew who he was well, it's it also crazy <laughs> but that fundamentally it felt like that kind of uh relationship yeah. like like he was doing a meet and greet it did oh my goodness it's a completely accurate take i think also uh, when you talk about lexi and how she spoke to her suitors i feel like she could have asked those very same questions and still managed to actually have like a fun conversation or even a deep and, and vulnerable conversation with those guys in a way that for some reason Moses just wasn't able to extract from from the woman. I think it's um, there is that thing where obviously he is well known and he probably is a little bit guarded and as you say I hope that they are able to, to move on from that and we do see a more genuine side of him. I do feel like there was a lot of chat about she would be a great friend and so I'm just kind of interested to see how open he is to like finding like a a long-term love out of this you know yeah I mean I I think it's too early to say on all that I I think that it's inherently like a basically a heinous experience for the first few dates unless you're a, a very poison at ease person and I don't really question his motives based on what we've seen of him, but I certainly like wonder about what kind of a television product it's going to be unless they can kind of shake shake him out of that. Even, I mean, we'll, we'll probably get to it, but the booger incident was just <laughs> swallow me up, earth. That was a moment. That was like the poppy fart, but without any of the charm. <laughs> it was it was, re- it was. It was David Brent shit, man. Like, I, I was... Could not watch because it just lingered like Poppy's fart, you know. It really hung around. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I love the woman. I do love the woman. I've got to say, I think you've got a great bunch of women here. We've got a diverse bunch of women um, in all sorts of different backgrounds and jobs. And you know, I hate to say it because I shouldn't have to say it, but body shapes, you know, like it's really good just to see some real. Kiwi women on our screens and some of the personalities already shining through. I am gutted that Amanda? Georgia got sent home. Oh, no, really? Georgia. But I, wanted them I love both. Georgia. Yeah, I love Georgia, but Amanda needed to be there for the drama. <laughs> there were two <laughs> absolute, true. like, she was going to be absolute 
poison and it would have been fantastic. That, that, that's the thing. The, the first cull felt like, again, that was a very sort of Moses and Art just making it up. Because who's there to say, don't get rid of her? Because she's literally told you that she was third in line for the Bachelorette <laughs> throne. Like, <laughs> it, only for the voiceover to come over the top and go, mm, you weren't. Which was <laughs> which so was cruel, awesome. by the way. Like, very funny, was, but also so brutal. But it does t- give us some insight into perhaps where Amanda's head was at, and as you, it, you're completely right that she would have um, perhaps been quite happy to embellish on a few things uh, to, to get some good telly. It, it's almost like, and I've got no basis on which to know this, but that... Making reality TV is really hard, right? Like, and it involves you at times asking contestants and making decisions on the show. I mean, Unreal was the sort of, you know, the dialed up to 11 version of it. But, you know, fundamentally, it requires you to keep some, like, unpleasant characters around for the purposes Mm -hmm. of making the show dramatic. And I don't feel like the last couple of seasons necessarily had that motivation. And as a result... I'm just a bit concerned because I really was like, they've got to keep Amanda. They've just got to keep her because you need that freaky, freaky person in there that's going to rub people up the wrong way. I, I definitely am concerned about them just getting on a bit too well. Oh, they're getting on way too well. They're like, you got a date. Go, girl. You look amazing. You got this. You're radiant. You're lovely. They're supposed to be like, I wanted that date. And yeah. start seething quietly in the background with, like, fake smiles plastered on their faces, you know, into a grimace. Georgia was another one who I thought would have added a lot of value to the show just because she was so unfiltered um, with her comments. She just kept, like, being like, why did I say that? Which is, like, the absolutely the reaction you would have in a situation like that. Literally everything she did, she was just like, why did I say that? Why can't I talk? Why am I sitting there with a massive Gumby smile on my face? And then... When Art walked into the room, at one point, she just leaned across the table and you could see her mouthing, oh, shit. She was just like a real sweet, unfiltered character that I would have liked to have seen more of. Yeah, I think that she, you know, every so often they cast someone who feels like they are the viewer, you know. Yeah. And and that is a really, you know, whereas there are a lot of people on the shows who are quite polished or quite reserved or, you know, there to because they're sort of have big plans for their influencer career and to have someone who's just dropped in and feels like they're speaking as you said what how you would respond and not knowing when to jump in and her in the moment interviews were just fantastic and that's what Mm. drove a lot of the the sort of because it wasn't a great first cocktail part it didn't feel like it was very long um as much as anything and the fact that he just kept handing out roses in front of everyone like Again, that's not how you do it. And just like in such quick succession, at least, I mean, I remember being surprised that Lexi handed out so many on the first night, but she kind of at least seemed to have a reason behind each rose that she handed out, whereas he was just like, well, I've got to hand this out. Uh, You'll do. And how many sort of one-on-one conversations did he have, like, two? It was... Very few. And the two that he had, he sent home. Yeah. It was a very strange episode, to be honest. Like, if you look yeah. at what are the sort of pillars of the first cocktail party, almost none of them happened. That's because Art and Moses are directing this, <laughs> right? And they are just keen for it to be finished so they can get on the lagers and have some laughs. Of course. Lads, yeah. lads, lads. When, when, when someone is 
in the moment interviews are on screen so much in that very first episode and then they get sent home that's a bad sign like they shouldn't have gone home she was clearly talent anyway moving on Lou is a tourism sales manager and I love her so Lou is the uh, the young lady who had lost a partner in a car accident her story is completely tragic she just seems like such a beautiful soul but also just like a great presence in the house yeah you know? Yeah, Lou, Lou's fantastic. That was that was so affecting uh, that material, and you know she yeah she's she, she also brings a kind of energy and realness to it. You mm. know, in terms of mm. like she's just lived a bit more than the people in their early twenties, and has a much better sense of humour as a result. Moses was like, she's fun. I want to have her around a long time because she makes me feel comfortable. And I'm like, that's. Not the aim of the show, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, just to defend Moses, like you probably shouldn't say that, but that clearly should be part of your thinking. Of course. As the bachelor or bachelorette is to go, like we got to glue this thing together. We're going to be hanging out a lot. I need someone who's going to be that person. Maybe you'll find love with them or maybe it's just, you know, just to actually make the, the whole process a bit more tolerable. You're just not supposed to say it. I think we've had more art in this episode or in these two episodes than we had in Lexi's entire season. He uh, he took the kombucha and took it home, drank it all. Like, just he kept just like wandering in, like, I'm going to be part of this bit. Um, <laughs> Nicked the kombucha and then apparently took it all home. Uh, other, other gifts that Moses received were a little um, ele- elephant, which is like a, I don't know, good vibes, good luck kind of thing, but she just instantly dropped it. I loved the elephant. I thought it was a it was a neat gift. The pineapple was a great gift as well, was it? No. The theory behind why she gave the pineapple is because she was thinking, what's the most fun but inconvenient thing you can bring to someone's home? And I kind of like That's that a good playful story. side of like, yeah, some, like most people just be like, what's something fun or nice? And she's like, but it's also got to be inconvenient. <laughs> She was great. Her day, like I was shocked that she did not get a rose after that day. I was shocked that she didn't get a ring. Yeah, to yeah, be honest. totally. Like she, she was very relaxed. Obviously, a very attractive lady. She's adventurous, funny, and also he should have given her a rose because of the whole booger incident. Totally. Like, come on, someone needs to. Moses needs a coach. Like he is. He, it's like he's just coasted on. Like I'm a celebrity. I know how to do this. But he doesn't know how to do this. Like, you've got to give someone like that a rose after such a loose, goofy, funny. She was even chill about the booger incident when she, you know, a lot of people would have been quite within their rights to just be like, I'm out. Yeah. Sheesh. Like you, I can believe it when he brought that up. But he genuinely believed it was booger when he said it. So it turned out it was like the, the butterfly or whatever of your nose ring. But when he said it, he thought it was a booger. So there's no excuse. He really leaned into it as well. Like, he literally leaned into it. <laughs> and then told her to put a finger up there. Oh, that was so <laughs> awful. And he said he was doing her a favour because wouldn't you want to know? But yes, I would want to know off camera. Yeah. And just, maybe, you know, get, talk to one of the producers and say, hey, um, I noticed this thing and maybe you just want to give her, give her a heads up rather than shaming her out on national television. Yeah, or just say like, fuck, fuck, you've got a booger, fuck. So they have to edit it or something, you know? <laughs> if you feel like they have to be told. But they don't have to be told. Like, No. You know, not on the first date. That's a six years married kind of, uh, you know, bit, bit of information. Or a, like, best mates. It's not a first date on freaking TV. That's not something you should have to explain. <laughs> 
Anyway, I love Shivani. I love Lou. Uh, I loved Georgia right from when she refused to get out of the car, but she's gone. Um, Amanda as well. Kayla with the ukulele. What did you make of her entrance? That was a bit of fun. Kayla with the ukulele was so cool and her singing was so bad and I absolutely want her to go deep because anyone who's like that comfortable going to the second verse of their terrible song has just got so much to give us, you know, like that. that's a guilelessness that the show really needs. One of her lines from the song was, uh, I've already got the names of our kids tattooed on my fingertips. I mean, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch, I thought though. that was really good. That was actually like some really good Moses that kind of has in the moment. In fact, his in the moment interviews, for the most part, are much better than his performances. So that's again, hopefully, he'll uh, he'll get better. Jumping out on Sam with Stink, as you said, uh, and someone was like, "Imagine if she had a major heart condition." Imagine if she did. You have to take these things into consideration. Just like the woman who said something about having called his mum, and I was like you don't know anything about whether or not this person's mother is alive. I mean, she is, thankfully, but it seems a risky move to make. Yeah, well, especially she was also carrying, like, a big old jar of uh, pretend... Um, um, oh, the pretend sand. sand. <laughs> Which, you know, that, that goes on a foot, smashes, blood everywhere, potential death. <laughs> it wasn't just not Mount Monganui sand. It was the second incarnation of fake sand because she... Couldn't get some from the mount, so she got some in Auckland. Didn't like the Auckland sand, so just whipped to a local beach and grabbed some. <laughs> so good. That's really, really amazing. I liked her. I don't. I don't know why she got she got kicked off either. Kia ora, this is Jane Yee, podcast manager here at The Spin-Off. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I'm sorry for the interruption, but I just want to talk to you while we're at level two and three across the country. We've been doing our utmost to bring you all the coverage you need of COVID-19 outbreaks and lockdowns, and we can't do it without the generous support of our members. If you want to help out our news team, visit members.thespinoff.co.nz to donate today. I mean, we were straight to the rose ceremony, I guess, right? The bunch of people got roses. They were they were told to go and find your gear and get settled in, which sort of took took away some of the glamour. Like, oh, your duffel bag, your duffel bags are all in the booth. This is okay, so just go and find your bag, um, turn down your bed and settle in for the night. Uh, but Georgia, Amanda, Kate, and Freya went home. Bye. Bye. Yeah. They were, I mean, they all seemed like Freya. I thought was like seemed like a. I suppose, like, really, they, the thing is, they're all a good group. Four was a big cull as well, I mm-hmm. thought, for, you know, mm-hmm. for the uh, for the first night. There's something about the first cut, like, obviously with, you know, with a, with a couple of them, they, they'd had an interaction with them. The rest, you feel like you're being sent home based basically on how you look, which is mm-hmm. worse somehow than being sent home on based on your personality deeper into the show. Also, I think when you sign up for this thing and you you travel up to, where are they, up Northland somewhere, and you're like, okay, this is great, I'm at least going to get an experience out of it, and all you get is half a day. Yeah. That's the sum total of your Bachelor experience. Yeah, that that's that's probably a story, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Those who, you know, whose total experience was like sort of maybe three hours. That one felt so <laughs> lame. It was so lean. And the snacks, again, I'm always looking at the snacks. There were corn chips, some crackers, some beetroot salsa. There wasn't a lot on offer. 
I mean, in the end, the girls had to hack open the pineapple so they could get some pineapple juice. <laughs> we move on to tonight's show. Shivani gets the first date and heads off in a helicopter. And now we're starting to see some proper batch style come in. The, the helicopter thing was quite funny, right? Because I didn't feel like I certainly, it was blink and you miss that she'd been chosen for the first date. It felt like he landed, ran towards them. She ran towards him. And it was like, was it just a race? You know, there was <laughs> Well, that is, that is New Zealand batch style for everything just to be a competition. <laughs> like Correct. a literal, a literal physical competition of some sort. Um, loved Gary the Gecko. Yeah, big gecko. Cute. Also, that helipad was quite terrifyingly small and sort of beforested. And they look, they, they, that was a lovely day. They had some nice chemistry. Like she liked his dad jokes and had some really great mom jokes of her own, um, probably better than his, to be honest. And they, she got they, up and did some taught him some dancing, which was a really sweet moment. I've checked out her Insta, and she's like got some real cool dancing content on there if you're interested. And also, she has done skydiving. Now she's an adventurer. Right. So I don't know. Is is he an adventurer? Didn't want to split his pants. No. Which is unfair, I suppose. I guess so. For for life. Um, And again, snacks at their little picnic crackers and corn chips. So just the rest of what was left in the packet, I guess, from the night before. It's just such a home brand, home brand season of The Bachelor. Right? <laughs> it feels like they're just like reaching into the back of the cupboard of what was left over from next season in the snack department. Extremely. Oh, so Shivani didn't get a rose, which is like bonkers, just especially given that the girls were hacking up her pineapple at home to make a lovely vase for her, what they thought was a dead cert rose. I'm so mad about it. I feel like... I want Tova to ask Ashley Blomfield about that at today's 1pm. Like, it's not okay. Well, probably not today's because, obviously, it hasn't aired yet and you can't do a spoiler for the the other networks. I mean, look, I've got to workshop this a bit, but it's scandalous. Never has anyone earned a a rose as much as she did. Come on. Sort it out. Read the pineapple. That was a gift for Moses. How rude of him to just leave it at the house like that. The kombucha, you know, what, what's he doing with the gift? Yet, when he had his one-on-one time with... Um, oh, Cirrus? Cirrus. He, he whipped out her flower, her, her rope flower from his jacket pocket. So I don't know if that's a tell. Make of that what you will. Anyway, uh, their first... The group date involved a poffery at Waitangi, which is a very beautiful moment. And then they had a, a waka race. And the captains were chosen based on their experience with rowing. And then we're told they're not going to actually be on the boats. They're just going to be coaching. Which? Because the boys wanted to get in. Which, they, which was, cl- again, clearly it would have been a lot better had it been all the women and the men as coaches. But just clearly the directors, Art and Moses, were like, now nah, let's get out on the water. Haven't they had a decent workout. They just wanted to get out. on the water. Yeah. This, I, I'm, I'm really conflicted by this date because part of me thinks it's the perfect date because me not being particularly sporty would love to just be able to rely on the prowess of everyone else on my team and just kind of glide by unnoticed um but at the same time i can't imagine how sore their arms would be two days later like the next day you get that thing where you're like oh, i thought my arms would be worse than this but it's the second day after when you're like i can't lift a thing can't even lift my phone you'd be doing that thing where you're lying on the couch scrolling instagram and just drop the phone flat on your face <laughs> I thought it was great. I also loved the photo finish. Like I actually bought the, the bought Arts Victory and the fact of it just getting like hyper competitive at the end. It, it was it was a fun day. Um, and as you, as you said, like the property felt very like moving to Moses and and like a cool thing to to be on screen. But yeah, still still kind of waiting for a really 
a, a great romantic moment. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it is only week one. Yep. And I do think it's really important for Moses and Art to establish their relationship before he can move on to establishing relationships with the women. It's so true. Clearly, that's the tiny elephant in the room. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Art's team won, as you said, and then Moses got to choose someone for someone on one time, and he chose Negan. And... He seemed quite into her, I thought. She didn't get a rose, but he seemed quite into her. Well, he doesn't give out any roses. Well, except for on night one. Yeah, well, then then he's just... Gave out a vase full of them. Yeah. um, Negan seems like a total contender. Uh, Yeah. You know, she looks great. She's got a cool personality, backstory, similar age. There's a few people already showing out, I think, and, and she's certainly one of them. At this cocktail party, one of the most entertaining moments was when um, Moses and Lou were discussing the fact that they might be possibly related and that it was kind of like joke, joke, and then kind of, yeah, but, you know, there's a real risk here. <laughs> it, that, that felt like it just kind of was a joke that got out of control rather than any real risk. Oh, I know there's no real risk, but that was that was the funny bit, Duncan. Oh, it was okay. cute. Um, I love it was charming. Yeah, I also find Kimmy very charming. Like, the, the, he's immediately sat down and straight into one-on-one time. But that's what you do. Well, and that's how it's done in the States, and that's what I think you've got to do to get that time. I thought he was kind of brutal in how he shut her down. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with the brutality. And I got the feeling that he might have, like, literally just arrived on set kind of thing. Yeah. And and it was maybe premature, but but yes, very brutal shutdown. But the fact of her just not going back into her shell and just going, well, I'm just gonna, you know, go and do it. That was that was really um, I, it. Made me hopeful for her role in the series, the the gumption. Yeah, and then when he was having some one on one time with Lana on the bench of chats, uh, the girls encouraged Kimmy to go and swoop, is what they're calling it, making a swoop. That seems to be the word for the season. And Kimmy did that, and Lana was just like, yeah, girl, of course, no problem. Like, these girls are all so nice to each other. Can it last? I mean, the, the, the only thing that really gave me hope was in that montage at the very top of the show, there was some what seemed like some quite heated screaming of go away that, that could have been taken out of context but might not be. Because, yeah, you're right, Lana was just so lovely. Who I also think that Lana and him actually mm. had a proper vibe. Yeah, that there is there is a distinct lack of potential sources of tension amongst all these definitely lovely people. Time will tell, Dunk. Kimmy got her one-on-one time. Moses shared what seemed like details of a previous breakup. He really opened up his heart and got quite vulnerable, and she was just like, whoa! And in the moment, she's like, he, he overshared. I was just there for some, <laughs> like, chill, chill chats, some bants and some laughs, and he's gone a little too deep. Um, and then he asked her about his, like, explaining love languages to her as well. It was just super cheesy. And then he said, what's your love language, do you think? And she was like, yeah, affection, which is not a love language. <laughs> it's, not one of the, it's not one of the ones he just listed. Well, it's not an official love language. It's, it's you not know, an official love it, language. Yeah, it's like skateboarding at the Olympics. It's still working its way up. Um, but um, no, Takeaways uh, is also not an official love language, but it's definitely mine. <laughs> if you're listening. Um, to, to, I, I think the fact that he's really into love languages and, like, the, you know, rose quartz. Rose quartz is bodes really well for. There's some quite wacky shit happening this this season. I'm really yeah. encouraged. I I think that 
if nothing else, we've got a bunch of women who are um, prepared to be themselves on camera and to open themselves up and are looking for love, which is what I think we were kind of missing a bit on Lexi's season. Like, Lexi was all there, but some of the dudes were a bit closed off. And so I think we could be in. If, if art, uh, not art, I mean, it gets confusing which one is The Bachelor. <laughs> if Moses if Moses continues on this route of being just slightly standoffish, I think we'll still get a good show because of the women. And so often it is about the cast members. And Moses has really, really tough shoes to fill. Those high heels that Lexi was in for a start. Very difficult to walk in, but also she was such a good lead that... And with them being back to back, like it's it's hard not to compare. I think if we were to see Moses off the back of say I don't know Zach or Jordan, we'd be like his Jesus himself. Absolutely, <laughs> you know? absolutely. So let's just not forget the shitholes that we've been down before <laughs> in this show. Hey, Zach was Zach was alright. Zach was. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Zach. I know that that's probably unfair. It's the shithole we've been down. The shithole we've been down. <laughs> in a previous Bachelor season, and, and just consider ourselves lucky that we've got Moses here. Yeah, strongly agree. We'll keep watching, but some caution, some caution advised. <laughs> also, I just want to let you guys know that hopefully later this week, Alex Casey and I will be getting together for the third Real Pod episode of this week to recap Maths AU. Maybe I picked the wrong show. <laughs> No, no, you're all good. It's fine. And this so mass is like four episodes a week. It's so intense. It's a lot, Duncan. There's just no way you could fit it into your calendar. Mm. But, you know, if you happen to catch some episodes, you're welcome to join us. Yeah, I'll say. Look, if, if I'm going to give the, this bachelor, like, another week. If, uh, if Moses doesn't step <laughs> it up, I'm jumping ship. I'm, I'm swimming to Australia. <laughs> Go and see Toddy while you're over there. Yeah. Okay, thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate that it's such a tricky time at the moment with lockdowns and everything. So it's it's kind of nice just to be able to get and have a yarn and we hope that it's brought you some entertainment and light relief and also some very serious conjecture, of course. And as I say, we'll be back later this week, me with Alex Casey and then Duncan and we'll, we'll be back on Batch next week. Bye. Kia ora e te iwi, te Ahe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.